0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Newcomers Podcast. That is Newcomers with a Z. My name is Charlie. And I'm Robert. And so, let's just jump right into it, Robert. Episode right. 4, Dissonance Theory. What was your overall mm-hmm. take on it?
1: Uh, A lot going on.
0: <laughs> a lot of questions were answered and more were raised. Even more were raised, I, I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah,
1: it's definitely the most complicated episode, I think. It was for me to watch and had to watch
0: again because there was so much going on and it was very dense and and like subject matter. And there, yeah, and there were some really, there there were two or three really amazing scenes in this, Uh, just to briefly, I will get to them eventually, but I think the scene, the opening scene is always really good, especially the conversations with Bernard and Dolores. And then I have a real serious logistical question about that scene and then also the scene with Maeve at the very end which is fantastic god what a good scene that was and then also the scene with Ford and uh it is Teresa who's the park manager and that scene was I think I got like 90 percent of it sorted out and there's about 10 percent of it that I'm like what the shit is going on (laughs) so um we can kind of talk about that but I just think overall this episode it's amazing that they keep getting better I I every week i'm like how do they top it how do they top it how do they top it i mean i'm a huge fan of game of thrones and you kind of get that same thing like how how do they how does the show get better next week how can they how can they improve on it and they keep they keep building on it they keep building on it they keep building on it so it's really well done the writing is once again fantastic i i don't know what to say a plus on this episode same here same here Okay, well, do you want to uh, just—is there anything you want to talk about overall? Any kind of a broad view, you know?
1: Well, one thing, and this was going back, looking at this over again, but I wondered just from production, a production standpoint, if if they must shoot this whole like series or season must have been written together because for budget purposes, I would imagine it'd be way more efficient to shoot, uh, you know, like say the Spaniard walking into the bar do all those scenes that they're going to have to do of him walking into the bar at once, because you to H- have to do that you <laughs> every... H- Hector the hour. Know, yeah, exactly. For, to have to do that over and over again, I mean, that's an example. There's a, a lot of scenes like this, but just to have to do those things over again and have to come back to set and do something like over again, I would imagine would just... I mean, it would be a, a logistical nightmare if it wasn't planned out ahead of time.
0: Well, if you're kind of thinking on... Going back to the Game of Thrones, and I know you don't watch that show, but if you watch season one and two, and then you kind of look at, over, I mean, season one and two look fantastic. They look great. They put money into the show, but mm-hmm. as, the, as the show is built and as the audience has grown and as the popularity has grown, they're obviously making a ton of money on it, so they're pouring more money into it, so it's looking even better. The costumes look better. The sets look better. Right. Not that, Again, not that they look bad. But you can just tell they're putting more effort and more money into it. So I'm wondering if they've kind of learned from Game of Thrones. I think they just kind of knew they had a good story, they had a good show, and I think they just kind of threw it. Granted, I mean, hell, a lot of of it's probably, I think it's in Utah. It's just going out to Utah and Mm -hmm. shooting, (laughs) just making sure no planes fly over or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got a lot of good scenery, so I'm sure there's a lot of, like, but the sets look great, the effects are amazing the lab and everything i mean the cgi everything i had a minor cgi issue but other than that it's really well done
1: yeah it's very cleanly cleanly made i mean everything about it
0: okay well let's go into we're going to kind of speed through hopefully we're going to speed through the uh the rundown of the show a little bit quicker this week but we gotta i think these conversations with bernard between bernard and dolores which is where we open up really crucial they kind of set the tone for the show they kind of show us a little bit more about Dolores and what her where her thinking is and that now she is actually thinking Mm -hmm. so this opening scene they they're talking and she he he brings up he gets her to bring up that her parents are dead so she's remembering and she goes. She gets upset, which obviously a, a person, a normal person would. But he, you know, he tells her turn off emotion, and so she goes to her normal blank, blank stare. And they have this interesting conversation. And I think one of the main things I got out of this, which was really interesting, it goes back to last episode where Bernard was talking to his wife about their dead son, mm-hmm. and she, I think she asked, do you, "Would you, would you ask Bernard, would you like the pain to go away, or something to that effect?" And yeah, he's like, exactly. no, the pain is all I have of him. That's all I have left. And she basically echoes this sentiment to him, which I thought was really interesting. She said, no, that the pain is, I don't want to lose the pain. That's how I know, I, I can remember my parents. That's all I have, which I thought was really interesting. And I think it affected him. I think basically he, it kind of caught him a little off guard, but I think he kind of, it, it, he understood exactly what she was going through. Right. But um, So that was interesting, and then she does this interesting thing where she says, and I, she, I don't remember the exact line, but she basically takes a line of, two lines of dialogue, merges them together, s- script, script that she has programmed to her, but combines them into one thought, and I thought right. that was interesting. That was a really interesting, he asks she, her, where did you hear that, or where, where she did says, is that says, Yeah, right? she because says she
1: that, adapted the dialogue from a script about love. Um, when Bernard asks her where did, where did that come from and she says I adapted the dialogue from a script about love and isn't that what we do I mean as humans we kind of we read something and then we create our own interpretation and poetry out of it and that's basically what she did Yes, yeah, and, that's of, kind of, and then, like you said later, that, yeah. that compares to what Bernard was doing earlier on
0: with his wife do you mean? Right,
1: right. Okay, about his son, related to his son.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of interesting things she does. It's, I guess, sometimes I get confused about how Dolores works because in this scene, I know her emotions have been turned off, so maybe that's what I'm mixing up. But the way the actress is playing Dolores, Evan Evan Rachel Wood, is that her name?
1: Yeah, Um, she.
0: The way she's playing the character, she's sometimes so stoic and so robotic that. It's just lacks emotion in her face, which is fantastic. That as an actress, bueno, great job on that acting. But I get yeah. confused sometimes about where her brain is or where her AI brain is, because I mean, I guess if her emotions have been turned off by Bernard by command, mm-hmm. it's it's strange. So I, I don't know. There's a little confusion there with me uh, on that, but minor. Again, minor issue. Um, she says something interesting about when she's questioning if she's losing her mind and this kind of theme ran kind of runs throughout the show where they kind of talk about underground or underneath and that comes up later on in the show with Hector when they talk about the shade and the shades come up from under the ground from hell so there's that's interesting too when she's talking about she's questioning where her is she losing her mind is she not what's going on she doesn't understand this world she doesn't understand what's going on all the time so um and then bernard says and then bernard does something interesting too he takes his glasses off and i didn't really pay attention to it the first time he did this but the second watch through or second time i watched it he is cleaning his glasses and later on ford says something that he sees things very clearly and i'm like well they had to have bernard take his glasses off and clean them Mm-hmm. and put them back on for a reason I don't right. know if it was symbolic suggesting suggesting that maybe he's yeah. I now see and then he says tells her that he wants her to play a new game and that she, he wants her to go to the maze so right. and then they come up and basically they just come up with a question he asks her do you want to be free and she says I want to be free so she has to go to the maze if she wants to be free so interesting which, she, she now has a purpose she now yeah, has which, a drive
1: and also brings up the question about the man in black who's
0: searching for the same thing. I mean, Absolutely. So uh, what is that all about? <laughs> well, we learn a lot about him, too, this episode, which is really awesome. And um, So here's my one logistical issue with this scene. The last time we left her, she was with William and Logan and the bounty hunter, out tracking Slim Jones or whatever, out tracking down Slim and his gang. Mm-hmm. Do they just... Call her in the middle of the night and she sneaks away and then goes back because she wakes up in the plains. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that logistically, and then when she wakes up, William's standing over her, giving her a cup of coffee or some water or something. So that logistically, I don't know if they're playing with time or if they're, <laughs> or if she literally well, gets up and walks back to the store <laughs> and comes back in them, you know, while they're sleeping.
1: Why? Well, to me, I started to feel that a couple of episodes back, that they're playing with time. Where you know, like I said, I I don't know if it's this, this is supposed to be taking place years ago, you know the Bernard the Bernard the scenes of the Bernard and you know all this that's going on in the facility, or if it's just you know a, kind of a flashback type of thing. But I def, they definitely are playing it's non linear. You know, it's not I don't think it's very linear in terms of the jumping around. I don't think she's. Waking up in the middle of the night, or going back to the
0: facility and coming okay. back. You know? Well, that would make sense because that would that would yeah. mean then that she they're just giving us more of the conversation that she's right. had, more of the conversation she's had with Bernard in the past, and her story staying more linear. Well, that makes right. more sense. I just, I just the way it was cut and the way she wakes up, and she's in the planes, you know, later on. So, um, okay. Well, anything else you want to talk about that scene? Because I want to start start flying through this episode because there's a lot of meat. A lot of meat in this this episode.
1: Uh, I think that kind of covered it. I mean, uh, pretty much what I was, what I, my notes.
0: Okay. Um, cool. Well, then we go to another character who we learn a lot about or learn about her journey is Maeve, uh, the saloon headmistress, I guess we could call her. And, right. um, you know, she had that whole thing where she woke up in the in the cleaning room and they were cleaning her up and saw Teddy and all that. So... The music's playing, the piano, the the, the the piano, which I think is helping us clue in on things. So I didn't, I, hadn't, I had no clue what this tune was. I had to look it up. I found some stuff on Wikipedia. It's a song by The Cure called A Forest. So I did some more research, and this is, again, according to Wikipedia, where it is Robert Smith, and he basically claimed that when he was a kid, he had a dream about walking through the forest. And this scene is kind of made doing the same thing where she's walking through a dream. And so just kudos on the music. I just have to It's one of those things that every time the song the the piano plays or the music is playing, I'm trying to pay attention to it because I think it's cluing us in on something. If I'm assume if you knew the song, you'd pick it up right away like, you know, we knew with Radiohead or Soundgarden, yeah. but this one I didn't know, so I had to do some dig for <laughs> it. But um So, what about this scene cuz she she has some cool things happen with her she has a, she's talking to Clementine, and they have a quick conversation about remembering and forgetting and Clementine's like, "Oh, I remember this guy from Abilene or something and then she starts to hear a buzz maid does like right. distress like a distress like a signal like something's something's happening to her, and she's looking around and she doesn't quite understand it and then some dude some Get some newcomer just starts blasting the plate, just bang bang, just starts shooting everybody dead. Right. But she looks at um, Clementine, and she's got blood on her eye. And they do this really cool thing where then she's on the ground, and the blood is coming down because she's been shot. And let's let's see. Then she, the guy comes up and shoots her in the stomach, and. I think we get some quick flashes of her like in the getting cleaned up and getting. Am I correct in that? Like we see her getting the yeah. You, there's you a little the, bit of everything. You, you see the tech, the, the the lab tech, which they think is the shade. You see that guy. It's almost
1: like a mix of different flashbacks, kind of, which I like. That's what I liked about this scene. It kind of shows that they're still AI. You know, they're not human beings. You know, her that buzz and that whole situation is like they're almost malfunctioning in a sense, you know. They're they're not supposed to be operating this way and she's having flashbacks and all this weird stuff is going on. Um, I, I don't know, I really like that, that they kind of made it clearer as opposed well, to some of the she, scenes that make it more
0: blur the line. She says later in the episode, and especially they show this when she goes home, because she immediately goes home and she draws the man that she sees, the the shade, which we learn later, and opens the floorboards where I guess she keeps things that she wants to hide and right. she realizes that she's done this 10 20 other times yeah i call that the memento scene <laughs> yeah there you go yeah and so um i think that scene and her the look on her face when she realizes that she's done this before and doesn't realize it that she mm-hmm. thinks you can see it she thinks she's starting to go crazy she says it later in the episode i think i, th- I think i I'm going crazy. So, yeah. th- it was really well done. It was really good setup for her. Um, let's see. So, real quick, we learned that Teresa, the park manager, is going to take over some things. And I don't think there's a lot to glean from this, but... The, uh, the you know they're going to take over some of the, the hosts. I don't think Teresa fully trusts Bernard's staff anymore, and I think that was kind of what they were showing. So she kind of has her, she calls them QA, I don't know, quality assurance or something like that, that department's going to start looking into these hosts. Yeah. Because the dude who smashed his head in is sitting there. But um, Bernard and Elise talk afterwards, and uh, there was a really interesting little bit of tidbit information where he tells her, She's questioning him. She's like, "You caved in too quickly. You, you know, you wanted me to speak out. That's why you hired me." And he's like, "Well, you imagine things. They don't." Yeah. And and she's like, "Well, mm-hmm. what is this?" And she shows him the picture of the turtle thing. And he's like, "That's not a Orion. That's not Orion. It has three stars, not four or something." Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was interesting too because I thought, "What
1: did, what did you make of that?" I, I was curious what you might have made that made of that
0: whole scene. I just I I think it was. That to show that Teresa is, I think it shows that she has sway over Bernard. He didn't put up a fight and that, that, that at least called him on it, but he had to, you know, put her in his, her place too, because he was like, right. I think that was him like reestablishing his, his power saying, look, you're wrong. That's not Orion, but then what the hell is it? <laughs> so- well, that,
1: that's what, that's what I meant. What did you think? What did you make of that, of the Orion thing?
0: I don't know. I think maybe it's coordinates. Maybe it's something in the maze that you need to know. Something, huh. something like that. I was that.
1: thinking. I was thinking maybe he could see something that we can't see with the human eye, or something.
0: There's another star there, or something. I don't oh. know. I just went through my brain. But. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think. Of, oh, I think we'd know that though. I mean, our telescopes are.
1: Powerful. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no.
0: I, yeah, I didn't put too much thought into what I just thought it was. It, I did quickly think, well. What is it then? But I didn't give it much thought after that. Um, this Logan character, we, we, we jump out to the planes with William and Logan. This Logan character, at first, <laughs> I did not like, but he's growing on me a little bit. He's, he's pretty funny at times. So, um, And I think the thing we learned from this scene when they're out there is that we learned that it's not... They have a conversation about the park and he says something along the lines, well, if if the company's going to invest more money yeah, in the park, then, you know, we got I to, don't, I don't know exactly what he was aiming for. And that caught William off guard. I think he thought this was more of a, like a vacation, a bro, bro vacation kind of a thing. Right. And I I think he, I think William was taken aback by that, like, well, this is a business trip. This is you're researching, I don't know, it was, it was, what do you take from that?
1: No, totally, well, it lets us know, and they've slowly been letting us know what's going on with their situation, in terms of, you know, it was his brother-in-law, and, you know, the 40k a day thing, and now, we know that his, his family, Logan's family, is involved in the business, somehow, they own a stake, and so he's talking about bumping up the stake, because, hell, if they can, you know, they can convince you now, make you fall for this girl. You know,
0: it's they're doing their job. And it's yeah, like the it's, he's like guy. almost
1: brought him to see how he's going to work in this world and see if it's, you know, he's using him as a guinea
0: pig, I think. So, all right, yeah, I agree. And then I think this is kind of the first stage of their parting of ways on this trip. So yeah. I think this is William, like, kind of his first, like, real fuck you then. So. It's almost
1: the foreshadowing of something ending yeah. up really badly in the future.
0: Yeah, I, th- I don't with know with Logan. Yeah. He, he he's,
1: that's you know he, his character bothers me more because he just feels like the stereotypical douche guy that every movie he has to have. You know, like usually it's sometimes it's the fraternity guy, sometimes it's the but but he's know, di- the, but he's different. The he... ex-boyfriend and in this case it's this guy, but you know it's got that like you know cocky you know character.
0: Well, I don't normally get in the habit of defending douchebags, but I think in this case. <laughs> Logan he's comedy he's comedy relief, and yeah, I think him pushing William has put him on a path, so I think he mm-hmm. was a bit necessary, and I don't know what the hell's gonna happen to Logan. He's off on his own little weird Alonzo trip, so we'll see what happens there but i, I mean I think I, thought, I just thought that was interesting that it's now it was a business and it was a business venture and not necessarily just a vacation. Kind of a thing. So,
1: the one scene I did like with him was at the last part, the right before you know their part in this episode ends when he tells them, you know, you know they're not real. You know, what are you doing? You know, what are you thinking? You know, get a grip, sort of, and he kind of brings them back to reality. And he. That to me, that was the most I guess the best performance I've seen from that character. Where it's not just a stereotypical douche guy. <laughs> he's kind of I saw a little more depth to him. Where like that's he actually justified who he is and what the way he's seen things. You know, it's to him it's a game. And that's when he tells him it's a game. What are you doing? Wake up. You know.
0: Well, and I that, thought, that was, I, I that thought was that.
1: the best scene I thought.
0: I thought the shootout scene was pretty funny. I laughed out loud because he was pretty entertaining in that scene too. So, <laughs> but um, all right, well that's that's enough of that. So we th- now we really start to go in. We learn a lot this episode about the Man in Black. There's still mm-hmm. a lot to learn, but we do learn quite a bit. And he's now he's got Lawrence, the poor guy, with the noose around his neck. How freaking terrible is that to be dragged around everywhere for days on end with a noose around your neck? I know you're yeah. a robot, Lawrence, but geez, that's terrible. That's just not as bad as Teddy. It's not Teddy esque, but um, uh-huh. it's still just. There's a shot of him standing there with just the noose around his neck, and I'm just like, "Oh, it's terrible, terrible." So the Man in Black is hacking up snakes. <laughs> he's looking for those snake eggs, and yeah. doesn't know what he's looking for. And they come across, and I'm, this character, um, shoot, I, hadn't, I remembered her name, but I forgot it now. Looking up IMDb real quick, and it's Armitis. Mm-hmm. And she's Hector, the Desperado's right-hand woman, and she's out bathing in the river, and she's got this really long tattoo along her face and down her, the right side of her body. And the man in black immediately puts this together, that mm-hmm. this is the snake he's looking for. And um, what did you think of that? that, that what he was looking for was, was this character? and that it was a character he'd never seen before. He she walks up and she's got an attitude. She's not afraid. Even after she blasts like two of his dudes away. Yeah. Her dudes away. She just looks at him like, "All right." She doesn't she doesn't flinch. She she's obviously probably a sociopath and doesn't blink. What did you think of her character?
1: Well, it it seems like that new storyline about Wyatt has kind of throwing the abandoned black off, because he's like, wait a second, this is different, you know? This is a whole new deal. So that once again brings the whole, to me, the whole um, storyline, you know, whether it's linear or non-linear, into into play as far as the way they're telling us the story. Because, you know, is Wyatt new to him? Or is Wyatt new in this world? Or is Wyatt, you know what I mean? That character Wyatt that basically caused her all this pain... Um, was that just added to the storyline where they're at, or has that been part of the storyline for a while? You
0: know. Yeah. Curious. Well, so he they join the gang, and um, we have an interesting little scene. There's this little village where William and Dolores and Logan are, and the bounty hunter are hanging out looking for clues to Slim and the gang. And Dolores sees William's, I'm sorry, Lawrence's daughter, sitting there. Was the daughter really there, or does she have a vision? Do you think? And I, do you know what she's drawing? That she's got a stick and she's drawing the maze. She's sitting on like yeah. the, the edge of the well or something, or the fountain. Oh, uh, I
1: thought she was there. I definitely thought she was there.
0: Really? Okay. Because she, yeah. I thought.
1: Uh, I mean, I might, I might have missed something. It's possible. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, the, I, I totally thought she was there.
0: When the guy comes up, the security officer, because the the security, the um, security guy sends. The non-enunciator—I forget his his uh, character's name—but um, he <laughs> yeah. he sends somebody out to retrieve Dolores. They figure out she's out in this village, out of her loop. So mm-hmm. she sees a couple of quick flashes, and then that guy interrupts her, like, "Hey, ma'am, uh, aren't you the woman from from the ranch? And your dad's worried about you, and..." There's this. She, he kind of grabs her, and Dolores grabs back. She resists, right, which right. I wonder is normal, or yeah, it didn't seem normal. Did me. not. It didn't seem. It caught me off guard too that she resisted that way, and she was scared. And then William comes out and it's like, no, she's with me. And so of course the security guy has to leave, which was interesting that they kind of. I guess it makes sense to send a security guy out there dressed up in gear and just kind of try to quietly take a uh host away so yeah. that was interesting i just like these little glimpses of how the, the, the park operates i think it's interesting
1: so that was a security guy for sure
0: oh yeah yeah because he's he's the the um let me look his name up that's that's oh, that's driving me crazy the
1: it's the, the stubs uh,
0: his name is Stubbs. so Stubbs says let's get her but let's get her out of the loot. let's get her back and so oh, okay. that, then that guy comes up so it's a security guy and he's got a deputy's badge so, I thought
1: they were just using. I thought they were just using like a, a post. To
0: no, do because that. why would you why would you come up and say are you the, are you the lady from the ranch? What? What? You wouldn't do that. It was just a weird thing to say. He approached her really strange, like a like you would approach a kid at Disneyland who was you know what I mean. Like, are you the boy that the, everybody's looking for? You know, yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't. It was just a strange approach. So he had to know who she was, and he was there to take her back. Um, but we see some interesting flashes of a church and some cemetery stuff and the maze. So that the so Lawrence's daughter had drawn the maze in the sand, and she sees these flashes. But I believe when the security guard comes up to her, the daughter is gone. So that's why I'm wondering if she's a vision.
1: Mm.
0: Like, it's possible, or, or it's a, or a, possible, or a, or a sure. memory, uh, like a flashback or something to to Dolores.
1: There's nothing tipped me off to that I guess like I did you, so I might have to go watch it again maybe there's
0: something there that's more obvious and I missed it it's awesome okay. okay so then afterwards she has we show we see another quick flashes she's got the gun she's got she's in a cemetery she's at a church obviously mm-hmm. this is I'm kind of getting the feeling that this church thing is the maze the entrance to the maze the something about the yeah. maze so i think that's just we're supposed to question that. What the hell is going on there? Um,
1: did you? Um, what did you think of what little about what the little girl said? What did she say? Remind me. She said. She says something to the effect. Um, I'm Trying to see if I have a note on it here.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, don't you remember? Basically, she's like little girl. Um, she asks her a question. And she says, "I'm I'm I'm from where you're at, or you're from, or something like that. I'm I'm from I'm from where you're from, or something to that effect." And then she says, "Don't you remember?" And like the little girl is obviously conscious of what's going on around her. Completely. Well, she's,
0: she's the one that sent the man in black on his mission, so she's obviously got some sort of something going on. Well, yeah, to I me, it's like supernatural she, she, or what.
1: It's almost like, you know, you, she sees everything that's going on. She knows everything that's going on. Like, she's not being erased or nothing. <laughs> she just keeps seeing the same thing over again. So she knows, kind of, to me, what what the deal with this World is, almost, is the way it felt when she Pardon. says...
0: Obviously, she knows the maze. She's guiding the yeah, Dolores, exactly. there. She's sending the man in black there. So she knows something's going on. She's yeah. programmed to tell people or something. She knows who to talk to. So something well, I'm sure we'll figure out what's going on with her. Um, something uh, real quick: the Dolores's dress is blue, mm-hmm. and it really stands out. I've noticed more and more. There's a lot of earth tones, you know, browns and grays, and earth tones in these shots. And when she walks right. through, she stands out. And mm-hmm. I just stylistically, I I've noticed it a few times, and I just thought I'd mention it. There's a, there's the scene where she's walking through this dusty town and. Her blue, even though it's not bright blue, it's not blind you type blue, even yeah. that like denim kind of blue color still stands out <laughs> in the in these towns. So
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it was no, just it's just
1: interesting. Uh, no, it's it's totally just like the be- the black and once again, going back to the black and the and she's blue. So I know it's she's but it's like a it's not like a dark blue, it's it's like light, you know, blue. Mm-hmm. Um kind of Innocence, if you will, or something.
0: So now we move on. We go to some we go to a campfire. We see a really cool scene with uh with Artemis killing two dudes. That's just super cool action. And the man in black is humored by her and mm-hmm. they go to the campfire and two of the guys, which I kinda got a feeling initially that they were newcomers.
1: Cruising, yeah, cruising,
0: cruising around with the, this gang wanting to go be outlaws and you know that's what they want to go on vacation and do and they, they approach hold on oh I'm sorry I got this mixed up my bad it's the scene before that where Dolores is out there in the woods and they have this really cool William and her have this conversation and she looks at the moon and they're kind of talking about, he asks her, like, are you out of your zone or your path? And, I mean, he's still trying to figure out, figure her out. Right, and right. She, The way she, like, looks at him. She's confused. Yeah. And so I'm still wondering, like, I think that's part of the, what confuses me about Dolores' character is that she's obviously aware of what's going on. But yeah. how much of that does she, can she pull at any time? Or how much can she rely on that? Because sometimes she just seems... There's a scene later on when she's talking to Logan. And he's like, this is a game. This is a game. Tell her it's a game, William. And she's like, what? She's crying. She's like, what is he talking, what are you talking what about? Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm just wondering how much of this she goes in and out of.
1: Well, I think... And Lawrence has some certain situations, too, where Ed Harris is telling him, hey, Lawrence, you know, I know your friend, or I know this, and... and It's like Lawrence just they go by by over his head like he doesn't basically he doesn't like take it to heart whatever whatever it's being said it's almost like he's programmed to ignore it. If any reference is made to the real world, it's like they're supposed to be programmed to ignore it. From what I understood, she on the other hand gets confused every time they bring it up. So it's like she's somehow tapped into something other than something more than the other, uh, you know, AI. I mean, that's why that's why it's coming off anyway. So far, like they're supposed to automatically ignore. I would think if you if you bring up reality, hey, you know, you know, the Boston Red Sox did this. You know, if you start bringing things up, and they they don't know what you're talking about. Like the picture know.
0: of her dad, like Abernathy's picture, when she's like, I, exactly. I don't see anything.
1: Yeah. So, but she's obviously having issues, and her like her dad, obviously had. So it's I it, don't know. Uh, it's interesting. To,
0: it am not rain. sure. But there's a really yeah. cool, cool shot just stylistically when she's looking at the moon and she's having this conversation and they're talking about new ideas and old ideas and old life and she, they do this great tra- transition. I watched it a couple of times just to try to mm-hmm. find a flaw and damn them, I couldn't. So, But that transition into the medical light was so cool. It was so cool and then she has that flash of her being in the lab and she kind of yeah. comes back out of it, and Lawrence is the hero, so he's like, oh, let's take you to a fire. She says, I got to chill, and he takes her to the fire. So yeah. it, it's just, it, it's it's interesting. They're, they're, I like the bond that William and Dolores are are making, and it's nice that, you know, he he besides the bounty hunter aspect of it, I think he's really, I don't want to say he's falling in love with Dolores, but I think he's really intrigued by her and maybe he just sees something different and so I, I just like the relationship that they're they're building so something's gonna happen bad <laughs> in some way shape or form i think to, to well maybe, yeah to you Lawrence. feel like coming yeah but um he's almost too good to last in a in, in this world but um
1: <laughs> and he's got other shows to be on soon, absolutely so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely
0: and uh McPoyle, Mc, McBoyle brothers McBoyle. But, um, so we go to another campfire, and this one is uh, with the Man in Black and the, and the Outlaw gang, and they got the information that Hector is in the prison. So the two guys that are newcomers come up to the Man in Black and say, I would, sir, I just want to thank you for saving my sister, your foundation saved my sister, and he just about snaps that dude's head off and is like, yeah. I'm on fucking vacation, and... I'd walk away fast too if if he said that to me. (laughs) But he, he, so that was just kind of. I'm gonna slit your throat. Oh, is that what he said? I'm gonna slit your throat. Oh, and so
1: you don't, you you want to call you? You don't leave me alone, or or what's it called? You don't stop. I'm gonna slit your throat.
0: So what is so your theory about him being a host? Is it still still alive and kicking, or (sighs) it's
1: possible? I think it's possible. Still, I think it's. I mean. The whole point is that if he was, they would do everything they could to convince you that he wasn't. So
0: I don't know. Right, they might pull the old switcheroo, but <laughs> yeah, right now it seems. It seems yeah, right now, totally, his...
1: it's not looking that way. But I think, I think there's something weird going on
0: with the guy. So would it be? Po- I don't know why he's be-
1: looking for the maze, and now Dolores is looking for the maze as well.
0: Would it be possible that Ford would be crazy enough to disguise a few? hosts and send them out into the real world to test them or to see how they adapt how they is that possible do you think i think sure he talks about his god complex that's something
1: i hadn't thought of yet and it sounds like a total possibility
0: (laughs) they could throw out there so could the man in black possibly be that guy maybe he's or maybe maybe the man in black came and died and they rebuilt him and sent him you know made a version of him and sent him out i don't know it just popped into my head when we were talking but so they're there's that
1: scene where where uh, Ford is having a meal with uh, Teresa, yeah, and all the servants are hosts, and it didn't really occur to me until they make a point of showing you. I mean, but I didn't automatically assume they're all hosts, you know. I didn't until it, they showed me. So that's maybe in some way they've done that with they're doing that with these guys. You uh, know, it's possible.
0: Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know. I just that was a thought that popped in my head, but it's yeah. probably totally false. But, um, so what we get, he gets the information and he makes a deal with a girl with a tattoo, the snake tattoo that she will give him information on the tattoo, the story behind it. If he will go get Hector and, right. um, they make a funny line. She's like, you're going to take a gun, a match and, uh, idiot with you. Yeah. She's like, I'll take that bet. So I think she sees something in him that. I, I think you can handle it. So um, if not, what does she lose? <laughs> if he's right. back the next day and he, or he dies, either way, they're still planning to go get him in two, three days anyway. So she had really nothing to lose at that point. Go die. I don't really care. But um, yeah. so this is next shot where they're, I'm sorry. I don't know if anything like this ever existed in the West, but that tank that they're driving in with like the Gatling gun on the back, yeah through the through the Utah scenery was mm-hmm. awesome. I'd never <laughs> seen anything like that and um the just that was just that just had cool factor for me so um but we go inside the man in black and Lawrence have been captured, and there's a deputy with them and in the exchange, there are a couple of significant things we need the cigars are given two cigars are taken by the deputy from the man in black and then mm-hmm. He has a quick little conversation with Lawrence where he basically says, talks about choices and whether Lawrence has choices or basically a free will. And he says, which this was really, really, really interesting. He's like, what if I could set you free? Basically like meaning talking about the hosts. Yeah. Which yeah. I my I, my ears perked up and I, was, I sat up a little straighter and I said, is this what he's doing? Is he like – trying to does he think they're slaves does he think they're even though he, he can't because he rapes and murders and shoots them <laughs> so i'm like so i guess yeah, i don't hard. know about
1: the compassion aspect
0: but but he's but i don't know that that line caught my attention maybe i don't know maybe he wants to i think he sees million. it as a
1: game from what i um, from what i'm taking is he sees it as a game and it's like he wants he wants to get there because he wants to know you know what it is, and and honestly, the the one thing that I that kind of ran through my brain um, was, um, and there's uh, he says something about real stakes, real life. Do you remember that part? He says something like, When you get there, it's real stakes, real life. No, I... Am, am I because he is this really like some sort of place where when you get there, it's real, it's now you're really like you can really die if you're a newcomer like, you know, is it some sort of real death game there? Because that's the way you oh, put it, maybe, it was like... maybe
0: maybe that's what he could do. He could free them to... where, yeah, where really all, the, all the safeties are basically taken off. Huh, it's that's almost, interesting.
1: Yeah, the way you said it sounded like kind of gave me that idea. Anyway, I don't know if that's what he meant, but that's kind of what I got from it.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that... We'll, uh, hopefully we'll find out what the hell that line was because I really... That was one of the few lines that... I instantly sat up and went, "Whoa, what does that mean?" So, right. Um, then this really cool sequence of, and then and no, oh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead.
1: Sorry, and then uh, later on, Lawrence when you know, and I think we're about to get there. But when Lawrence tells him, "I'm gonna fucking kill you," and he says, "Well, you might," and the way mm-hmm. he says that is just like
0: when he sets him to the firing squad.
1: Yeah, it's, but the way he says, "You might, you might do that or something," like it just sounds. It's like wow, he looks like he's really serious.
0: Hmm. so i don't interesting. know interesting yeah i that's interesting you put that together I mean, i did not i did not see it that way huh. well th- you set me up for the next scene then where we're basically at the jail and the man in black basically sets him up and lawrence is pretty pissed off i'd be pretty pissed off too and <laughs> um there's a couple of really cool things we get reintroduced to hector and they have an interesting conversation, and basically, Hector's philosophy is that this world is madness; everything is going to end badly. So he's just like fuck it all. Yeah, yeah. no, I think no I, god. Yeah, I think he. I think he cares about people at some level, but I think oh, I say that like they're people, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's some. Like he, he doesn't stab me. Like I can't stab a defenseless woman. Like I think he's got a, yeah, a base level of morals, yeah. but. If a deputy comes up to him, he's not going to think twice about putting a bullet in him. He just he just doesn't really give a shit about that kind of stuff. So that was that was a, that was a fun little conversation. And then uh, and
1: the man in black agrees with him.
0: Yeah, terms. yeah, yeah. And he's I like, we kind of agree a lot with you.
1: Yep. Right. And that goes back to the whole foundation thing. The when that guy's trying to tell him, hey, you saved my sister's life. He probably it's just a foundation he has. He doesn't really give a shit. You know, it's like it's just one of his foundations, and it saved somebody's life. Yeah, whatever. Like I don't care.
0: That's kind of what I get from the man in black. And um, we get another glimpse into Stubbs, uh, his, I don't want to say relationship, his the VIP access he allows the man in black because mm-hmm. those cigars are more than just cigars. And we get a quick little brief when he lights the cigar and he puts it in the doorway. And we cut to that and Stubbs clears the for explosives pyrotechnics i think they call it to be used and Eh.
1: that was interesting because i'm like how does that work like that's one of the one of the logistic things that you keep bringing up i wonder how that works because
0: they they say request for two
1: charges or something right is that what she says
0: yeah well i think the match i think maybe the match lighting the match or lighting the cigar is the signal to okay explode them or something along those lines so, um and I think like I said, I think this is a glimpse that the man in black is obviously a very probably incredibly wealthy man, very powerful man. he kind of seems that way. He's kinda of got that arrogance, but he kinda of seems like the guy who'd maybe pay a hundred thousand dollars a day for the royal treatment and yeah. I can get have explosives and access to whatever the hell I want. So that was a quick another little glimpse into something, but um they escape the dude's deputy 's face blows off because he 's smoking a cigar, which was funny, and then they go outside and again they do this they, this is the second time they did this Lawrence is standing there he 's about to be shot on you know shot at by the firing squad he was about mm-hmm. to be hung and they do this off camera they do all the shooting with the man in black the the just the decimating of first time it was a posse. This time it was you know a sheriff and a posse, and this time it's deputies and maybe a sheriff, and another sheriff. Yeah, it's like very
1: pulp fictiony, almost. <laughs> yeah.
0: And do you think there's a, sp- a specific reason, or do you think it's just stylistic? Because I think either way it works. I think showing the violence is it's probably a lot cheaper to just show it this way and one guy running in the back and getting shot instead. Or do you think there was they do not they don't want to show like. Law, you know, like the law getting shot up like that. Well, I don't know, the deputy gets shot later, so, yeah, what the hell, never mind. All I got was style
1: from it, honestly, that's what I, I, I it just feels
0: like a a homage
1: to those like Quentin Tarantino movies, or, you know, those movies where all a bunch of stuff is going on and the person's still standing, you know, or all all this stuff goes on around them.
0: That's kind of the way. It's And it's the second time it's handled handled almost the same way. He Mm -hmm. He lifts the blindfold and he's sitting there smiling smugly at Lawrence and you know the Hector kills the last guy that's standing. so it's it's just well done. I just really liked it. I liked how they it's only a couple episodes. I think it was maybe from episode one or two that that same thing yeah. happened. so it's just cool you wouldn't think that being it doing the same thing would work in a show right <laughs> but it works it works really no, it's, well
1: it's done it's done great that's I did a great very I don't know how to how to put it it's just they just do it very well. <laughs> so I mean. They know what they're doing. These, the director knows what he's doing. The production, the writers, uh, is just the yeah,
0: top everybody. level. Yeah. So we move on, and the Man in Black finally has this conversation. He gets Hector back to his his crew, and he ha- he gets she just just she tells him the story about these men that come and rape, pillage, murder their their family. I think she has to take her mother's blood and put it on her to feign. Yeah, yeah, that was very
1: convoluted, but yeah, it, it, she sold it. She's a good actress. She, she yeah. sold it, but I was just like the blood, of then the blood, and then she gets the blood of the other people, and she puts the blood on my car Yeah, I was like, there's a she, lot going on there.
0: Yeah, and then she's used. She got the snake, and every time she kills one of the guys, she uses their blood as a ta- I guess a tattoo right. and ink to fill the snake <laughs> and the head. So he's like, well, who's the head? And that's when yeah. they go back to Wyatt. Right. So this sends the man in black and Lawrence off Wyatt's direction because that's the clue they've been looking for. Mm-hmm. So what did anything, anything? I think, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I no, think, no. I, I think that
1: you you nailed
0: it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have a quick little scene with Maeve. She's leaving the saloon. Maybe she's going home, but um, there's 10, 12 Native Americans walking through the town and everybody steps aside and they're walking through and one of the a little girl, one of the little girls in the group, drops like a wooden figurine, and mm-hmm. Maeve runs over to pick it up, give it to her, and she looks at it, and it's the vision she sees, the the the, per, the thing she sees, the which we learn they call shades later on, mm-hmm. and she gives it back to the little girl. A soldier says, "Don't don't ask her what it is." She says, "What is it? What is it? What is it?" And the soldier says, "Don't worry about it. They're not going to talk to you, so they're not going to say tell you anything." So. Now she's at least got a clue about. There is something. That's their religion. They worship yeah. these things, or they at least acknowledge them in their religion at, at this point.
1: So right. And
0: this is the, certain things are starting to come together for her a little bit more.
1: And doesn't it? I mean, it kind of. That's kind of cool when they do these things. I've seen them do it a couple of times, but with this one, they It's almost like they created this folklore, and they use the Native American. Uh, hosts to, what's it called to push it forth? Like so, in other words, they've put this storyline into into the concept of the hosts that there's these things. Yeah, I mean, because that, that's not really a Native American. This shade or whatever is made up in this world, but it's kind of like it relates to the kind of like the way folklore works here, where like you know the Native Americans have skinwalkers or they have these different these different folklores that kind of make it to the mainstream eventually. And that's almost to me kind of parallel. This is parallel to what actually goes on, in you know, what the way we work in the real world, yeah, where, it's, you know it's it's Native good, American it's folklore device. makes it to a, yeah,
0: and it allows her a glimpse of a possible sanity because she does think she's losing her mind, and and it also it we we literally know that these dudes come in and clean right the scenes and take the bodies away. They they literally do exist, but to the hosts they have no knowledge of this. This is, you know, a, a ghost. It's a supernatural event. It's, you know, it, yeah. they, to them, it's, they don't see it. They don't remember it. They don't recall it. So to them, it's the supernatural world, which makes sense to use the, the Native American population in there too. <laughs> it, remi- in- doesn't it doesn't,
1: it doesn't remind you of what they, when we hear about alien abductions. It's yeah. almost kind of, it kind of parallels
0: that as well. Well, and they go really deep, especially with Hector. They go really deep into the, um, religious side of it, and mm-hmm. again we get we get that whole hell underneath us, which they literally are underneath them, which is yeah. really interesting <laughs> and really clever. So Maeve, so basically then um, she has a, she goes back to the saloon and she's talking with Clementine, and I don't exactly recall how the conversation happens. She but the Clement... Oh, oh she recognizes that guy, one of one of Hector's guys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. Clementine says, Oh, he's he goes and he lives with the savages, doesn't doesn't he? And she goes, ding, light bulb. Yeah. He understands what's going on out there. I can't talk to them about it. He knows what the hell's going on. Next time Hector rolls into town I know what he's after and yeah. I'm gonna set him up. So it was and, really and clever. She,
1: and she didn't have to go through like a whole process this time, it just kinda came to her.
0: Which yeah. is is
1: maybe every time she comes back it's faster and faster and you know.
0: Well and also yeah and I think just she's had a like a cycle of these things. I don't believe mm-hmm. she may have been killed that we don't are not aware of, but she's had a full cycle of being alive to since the last time she was shot. I'm going to assume the last time she died was that guy that shot her earlier in the episode, so yeah. She's learned some things and she's kept she's been able to keep those. She hasn't been wiped or anything since. So um so we we cut to this scene with Bernard and Teresa and they're hanging out and they're talking Ter- Teresa basically says that the, f- the board isn't happy with what Ford is doing right now. She's got to go confront yeah. him. And this was really interesting to me the way, not so much the conversation, but the way Bernard was coaching her about mm-hmm. don't cross your arms at it. Says you're covering your exposed, you're covering your the belly, the, the the weakest part of the body, you know, stand up straight. That's good posture. That was weird. What did you think of that? Because I kind of think of Bernard as a siding with is he disillusioned with Ford at this point, or is that how you I, took that? Or was that
1: no? To me, it was more, I think, I think he knows what she's in for, but to me, it was more like it just it just inciting to Bernard who is constantly working with these hosts and, you know, creating them. And he just treating her like one in a sense. Okay. Well, that's, she calls it, she says it's an animal, but really, you know, it's a host.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's move on because I want to spend some time on the next scene where she goes to, this is a really cool scene. There's a lot to talk about in this next like five minutes of the episode, but she goes to talk to Ford and We get a nice wide view of this huge earth moving machine, which is really cool looking. And it was, he makes something about the rocks won't move themselves kind of a a comment. Says, let's go, let's go talk somewhere. Let's go somewhere else to talk. And there was a really interesting wide shot as Ford is walking through. There's a couple of things that happen in this quick little like 10 second shot where we have, I assume, a bunch of. Hosts digging, which reminded me of a chain gang or something. Did, 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 was they were all digging with pickaxes and stuff? Did you remember that? Like, there yeah. were about thirty of them out there, and he's walking straight through with no issues. She starts walking after him and is stumbling and tripping and falling. You know what I mean? Almost, you know, doesn't fall, but is having a hard time walking on this, or, you know, on this, on this certain part of the, of terrain. Yeah. And I thought it was a really really interesting there were a lot of things in that like 10 second shot the way he moved fluidly he talks about himself being a god he's very comfortable in this world. Mm-hmm. He can move in and out of it freely where she is awkward. She's more comfortable and below in the control center, you know, hanging you yeah, know, in absolutely. the labs and stuff. That's her world. This is not her world. She's out of her element, so it was showing that so he's already establishing, He's on his terrain. He's on his we're in his world literally and figuratively. And It's like
1: Jurassic Park when like the lawyer comes to the park. And he's like awkwardly moving around and he doesn't get things and you know, it's kind of the same. Out of their out of their comfort zone,
0: yeah, their element. But he's also surrounded by his I don't know, I don't know what to call it. his creations, I guess is the best word to say it. Does that make sense? Yeah, a lot of these scenes in this in every scene he's surrounded by his his hosts, his creations. And I thought that was really interesting too. Cuz this gets really interesting, you know, later on in the scene when they freeze. So, they go to this restaurant and I think I don't I think because of what he says later on, he intended to bring her there because he knows she's been there as a child. So, he's again right. doing a power play where he's saying you sit in the spot you sat in when you were a child and ate food here. And, like, I I know I know everything about you is essentially what the conversation comes down to. Like, she, did, he, she says something later on in the well, – hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. What happened in, with the hosts when they freeze? What is your theory? Do you have a theory? Because I don't have a – he doesn't say anything verbally that I caught.
1: Well, I went back and I and I was he's he says something before when while the wine is being poured, but I didn't think it was that because if you see when they unfreeze, you see his finger. He moves his finger. Really? Yeah. He so when when he's talking to her, he says something and then he 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 moves his finger and they the guy starts pouring again. So that was off camera. You didn't see him move his finger in the first place. I'm guessing he made a gesture and that's why they froze and. Maybe one freezes; they all freeze on a certain kind of command. Who knows? I mean, to me, that was just that was they don't they don't give it away. So <laughs> that's my guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I still don't fully understand why they froze. But maybe, a, maybe there are hand signals. Maybe we'll learn later. There's well, yeah.
1: How? How? And also, he, he froze. Okay, the one that could see him, but how did
0: the other ones freeze? You know, that's just interesting. And it was creepy as hell. It was creepy yeah, as hell when yeah. she looks down and she sees all those field workers. Yeah, with all the—I don't know if those were yuccas or aloe I don't know what those were down there, but they were doing something, and they were just standing there frozen. And which really plays into when he talks about they have a conversation. They they start to spar a little bit about the board and the power games and the politics start to happen. And obviously, Ford has the severe upper hand, and he's showing it. He's showing her visually and. By what he's saying that I control this, you don't. So right. when there's there was a there was something interesting. Arnold keeps Arnold is now getting brought up quite a quite a lot. And right. what did you think about when he talked about when they first started the park? They had a hundred hopeful storylines, and that nobody ever really used them. Nobody ever really went on the hopeful adventures. Mm-hmm. What did you take from that?
1: He, he's, just, he's just talking about the worst of humanity, I guess. I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, Is that is that what you think he meant by saying hopeful?
0: No, I think he was talking about Arnold's... He said they had a bet that... Um,
1: I, I, I missed it, so I, I'm, I, when he said hopeful, did he mean hopeful like, like positive storylines, or did he mean hopeful...
0: Yeah, I think it was probably like you went and I don't Like, know, the storylines
1: him. they hoped would be taken, I, I wasn't sure how to take it,
0: I guess. Yeah, I, I, I took it more as the... As as kind of like, you know, you would go find a lost child or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know, just... Your choices are to go join an outlaw gang or they're to go rob a bank, or they're to go rescue a child, or they're to go plow a field. and They're all
1: G-rated, in other words. G- yeah, the rated G-rated stores. ones,
0: maybe a couple of handful of people went on, but the other people. So right. I think he kind of said, in that sense, he told Arnold, he like, I lost that bet, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. So Arnold was right in that sense, that people don't come here to, to go do the right thing, it's essentially. And, and, to go on G-rated adventures, they go right. to do things they can't do in real life. And once
1: so. again, that's why it brings up the question with a man, uh, the man in black, you know, who keeps bringing up Arnold now. He's been bringing him up. Well, actually, this is the first time he brought him up right in this episode. I don't think he brought him up before. But he brings him up, and to me, it's almost that death game thing where he's saying, well, he died in the park. And it's like, he died in the park because he let the hosts maybe be themselves, and they killed him. <laughs> you know, yeah. he kind of gave him freedom, and this is what happened.
0: Absolutely. And so, um, there are a couple other things. Let's move this. Let's move this along. Um, he says he says another thing where he's because Ford's conversations—they're not very often—but my God, there's you could probably do dissertations on just these conversations alone. But he says that in this world, he and Arnold were gods. And he specifically says, you were a guest. Mm -hmm. And so he's literally sitting there telling her that he is a god. He's moving earth. He is freezing time. He is... He knows things she doesn't know about the board sending out a supervisor or whatever or somebody. And so... It was really, really interesting. There was a lot going on in the scene. I think he, it was just a really good way for him to. And he says, "Oh, there's been a lot of you, right?" So he's kind of, he's just, he's verbally just smacking her down.
1: And he's just, he's just, he's just trying to tell her, you know what? You can either, you can either be her or not,
0: but it's up to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you push me, play, play, then little, you're go- you're yeah. gone. Work with me, or, or yeah, you're out of here. And when she does stand up, and when she finally says, "like the board is coming," and when that was his ace was the... he already knew about the board, had yeah. sent somebody a representative or whatever. That was her eight, her power move, and he smacked it down again. And he's he essentially looks at her, and after she's defeated, she's she's she doesn't really have anything else to do, to say or do. She she has nowhere to go in this. He basically says. You can work with me, and it'll be done on time. Tell the board, like do right. your job, leave me alone, let me do my thing. Let's work together on this. And it was interesting. That was she. She kind of took it on the chin. <laughs> on this, scene. what did
1: what did you get from the? I'm not a sentimental man. And then suddenly they show the machine coming. Does that mean that that place they're in right now is going to get torn down? I, I, I wasn't quite sure what that meant.
0: I guess so. If any, if she had any sort of sentimental memories of that area, right? It doesn't mean anything to me. He he know he's he sees things. He says he sees things clearly. He knows. Oh, that's another thing too. He knows about her and Bernard. So right. there's a there's a lot, and so he basically he knows
1: everything. <laughs> that's what he's saying. He yeah. knows everything about his employees. He knows everything about. And about I think
0: everyone. it's. I think he's also saying that nobody, uh, maybe even Bernard, nobody is above see ya you that level all right so we kind of already talked about the shootout i don't know if there's much to say with the shootout with slim we kind of already went over that with logan and then they get they get slim um and then we get to the point where they argue both uh, william and slim or william and logan argue about he says something about i forget his name now alonzo he knows Alonzo, and so this perks Logan's ears. And this is the what he calls an Easter egg. This is one of the cool the cool journeys you can go on if you can find your way into Alonzo's world.
1: If I, if I could just backtrack really quick, so we sure. can move on uh, the the shootout. So when he switches guns, you remember that part. He says, "Oh, an upgrade."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Takes the other gun. That, doesn't that that brought up the question to me? How do these bullets work then? You know, how do these guns work in terms of like now he's going to use this gun? He can still kill a a host, but he can't wound anybody else. You know what I mean? It was it was interesting. Uh, th- like, uh, are the host's skins, like, softer than ours, or, you know... I, I don't it know. Just, it just raised questions when he takes the other gun. It was, like, an upgrade. Why Why did they throw that in there? There must be something about the... Well,
0: they can, they can control the guns. They show that later on. They can freeze them. So, they can right. jam them. So, I don't know. Maybe if a host... <clears throat> They they've had to have thought about that that if a host or I'm sorry if a newcomer picks up a host's gun and fires it that I don't know maybe now if it, maybe if it's gun, gonna now maybe it it, shoots
1: bullets to kill hosts but not not uh, newcomers uh, yeah so. I
0: don't I don't know we'll, we'll figure out obviously they, they showed us for a reason or maybe he just thought it was cooler that's I could see that he's well, just I, like it's a nicer I got, gun
1: I totally thought that but I mean I just wondered why they did it why they threw it in there it was interesting
0: all right so um, we'll see we'll see maybe that has something to play when he gets to Alonzo. We'll see or maybe he picks up I don't know. Man. The smoking gun, man. Maybe the smoking, literally, gun, literally, and... yes. Yeah. So, okay, so we're let's get through this. Um So, the man in black finds Teddy. They're they're looking for Wyatt. They find Teddy, so they're getting close. What what do you think they do with Teddy? Does he, do you think he just cuts him down and leaves him or I don't know. I guess we're going to find out
1: you know, that, too. I have no idea what he's up to with Teddy. Yeah. If he's bringing him down, just leave him there so he can come and clean him up, or is he going to use them as well somehow? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Who you knows? So, okay, so we let's let's go back again real real quick. We're talking about the Easter egg and everything. There was a – with Logan and William, and there there's a quick conversation with – you know, Dolores is confused. It's a game. It's a game. And then there was an interesting thing that Logan says to William. He says – wear the black hat wear the black hat mm-hmm. and William just won't do it and I think that was the final straw where William was like I'm done go do whatever the hell it is you want to do I'm gonna go do my thing with Dolores and play the good guy and yeah. I don't want any part I think that was finally like his last thing I think he was tolerating his brother-in-law and I think at that yeah. point he was like you suck just go do your own thing I don't want anything to do with it and Logan was fine with it. He's off with Slim, going to go hunt Alonzo, and we'll see where that leads. But I believe if we, if I remember right, that's the last we see of Dolores, of the of the episode. I think that's where we leave her.
1: Yeah, we leave that we leave that whole group there. I think. Tom.
0: Yeah. So then we have the Hector gang, and we're back in Sweetwater. Hector shows up with his gang. They're playing the song is "Carmen Sweet Number 2 from. Uh, the uh, I believe the the, uh, the opera was Carmen, yep. and it was just it was pretty good. It was really well done. The shootout scene with the music playing worked really well. There is and it a,
1: contrasts it contrasts a little with the first time we saw the scene,
0: which you used painted black, I believe,
1: right? So yeah, it, it it shows you how putting you know that whole idea of putting different music under something makes it feel differently. It kind of plays on that a little bit.
0: Well, and also, I looked into it, and I don't know if this has anything to do with what they're, they chose it. I don't know if it was just stylistically they thought it was interesting, but in the, I did a tiny bit of research, and in the play, there's a character named Don Jose who is tempted by Carmen, mm. and then she falls for somebody else in a jealous rage. He kills her. I don't really know if that plays anything, but in the next scene, we see Maeve tempting. Yeah. Hector. So I thought that was—I don't know if that they were—they cho- they chose that by accident or by choice, but I just thought that was interesting. So the same scene goes through; they're blasting the town up. Um, Hector walks in to steal the safe. Maeve gets the drop on him. We kind of talked about this already. They go up, and they have this really cool exchange. They go up to where the safe is. She's like, "I know what you're after. You give me information. I tell you the combo. We both get what we want." Mm-hmm. And this scene, she's fantastic. It's awesome. It's right. What this am I is, one of, this is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Both of them was. together. And they, I think I think I said this in our first podcast. There was chemistry between them the first yeah. time. When he saves her from the safe falling and they're having their conversation. She's like, get the hell out of here. And blah, blah, blah. There was chemistry between them in that scene. And I thought, I think I even brought up in the podcast, like, are they, do they like each other? Or is that, I mean, are they, are they into it? So it's just, they work really well. These two actors work really well together. And um, so she gets, uh, she's looking for information on the shade, which she finds out because he's got, he's rooted in with the natives. He understands their lore and their religion. And he tells her that essentially they believe that these beings, these shades, as they call them, walk between worlds. They come in and out of our world or their world and, you know, their world underneath right which is pretty dead on <laughs> it is 100% well, that's interp- accurate that's
1: his interpretation because he's obviously seeing what she's seeing but he's he's kind of gone with whatever narrative maybe they've given them in their brains like you know kind of like before when we learned that in case they wake up they've been given this sort of idea in their head of dreams or nightmares yeah um the same thing maybe with this they've been given some sort of idea of what these what these you know shades are supposed to be so they've created this narrative for them
0: and he's kind of just rolling with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I think and there's a lot of things. I wrote down their shades. They walk between worlds. They're from hell, which puts mm. them literally underneath their feet. Um, again, the religious overtones of the show. They oversee our world, which is 100% dead on. And he's, he says that some can see them and that it's a, they consider it the, the native population, I believe. Right. considers it a blessing if you can see them and she's like well fuck that <laughs> <laughs> it's not a blessing trust me and so then we have this great scene where she wants him to cut her open right in her abdomen and he does the honorable thing i can't i can't cut a gr- I can't cut an innocent girl and then she once again
1: it's the weapon thing though
0: right they can't use the
1: weapon certain
0: weapons oh certain did people. you think did you think that yeah that's what i thought <laughs> oh, i was thinking it was more honorable 'Cause the line, like I can't pull a knife. Well, I thought that was his
1: line, but <laughs> I thought the Maybe. real the reality of it is that he just can't see his programmed that way. I'm
0: looking for the chivalrous side of Hector. Come on now. <laughs> so but um and then cut in between the scene we see uh Armitis get she's they've gone down, they've sent in the cavalry to clean up because there's there are newcomers yeah. you know coming in to they want to clean up the place before they get there. And that was
1: cool that I gave you an insight into that too because exactly. I didn't really know how that worked. I was like, "What happens if newcomers are in the same place at the same time and they kind of run into each other?" This episode kind of addressed it with you know the man in black and you know with the guy he tells you he'll cut his he'll slit his throat and and, and here as well.
0: And they kind of have, they threw in a little. This is kind of the great thing about the writing of this show is that they throw in this line when, he, when Stubbs is talking to his tech and they get the they get the two guys from the gang the two Mm -hmm. newcomers from the gang, they tackle them. And then she's like, they're going to spend the night in jail. And then we'll (laughs) send over some girls from the saloon and slip (laughs) a key into their breakfast or something like that. So it's almost like, they get to escape. They still, they they still play into the role. They're like, yeah, you're with the outlaws. You shot up the town. We're putting you in jail for the night, but you get to then get out and escape and feel like you were, crafty you know what i mean like they played into it so but it's it's almost
1: like this isn't a major player either so he they could do this to him like they wouldn't do this to the man in black they would never tie him up and
0: throw him in jail but they they could do this to this kid because he's just he's just a low-paying customer or something absolutely (laughs) and then they had they didn't have much time so they they had to get them out of there so it's just it's just really this show is really well thought out that's somebody put some thought into that like how do we get these how how do we clean up the town we have mm-hmm. we have newcomers there, so we can't just. They'll be like, "Screw this! I want to go shoot up more of the town." You're like, "No, well, we got a family of four coming through with an eight and Well, you only
1: middle. paid you only paid two thousand dollars, so you get the budget. You know, you yeah. just get to be a sidekick. That's all you get.
0: <laughs> so, we go back to Mave, and the, at this point, the the Calvary is walking up the stairs, and. She cuts herself open and she says this great line, another great Maeve line, where she's like, get the bullet out or something. She's like, get it out. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. She's like, I've never had to ask a man to put his hands on me twice. Which, (laughs) just good writing. It's just solid, good writing. He has to dig in there with his fingers and she's screaming. So the poor Calvary's like, what the hell's going on in there? They think she's getting whatever the hell done to her. And so... He pulls out the bullet, and she realizes, I'm not crazy. I was shot. Mm -hmm. Everything that happened to me in my visions was real. And I think Hector, to this point, is just like, who knows what's going to happen with his character, whether he's going to be wiped clean or if he's now infected, contagious, if she's contaminated him. Maybe his thinking is different. So who knows what Hector's going on. But then we get a flurry of bullets through the door, and they obviously die. Oh. great scene that was if not my <laughs> favorite scene in the show so far it is top three top two or three i can't think of too many other scenes that were as well done as that one so i don't know man this show just really just every week continues to hit it out of the ballpark every week. that
1: is it is it's
0: like so, i said guess
1: I'm, I'm guessing they wrote it as a whole season kind of before they started shooting it because of all all the Logistic. The logistical nightmare would be to have to go back and film things over again. I would think that they would have to have the plan like ahead of time. And right now, maybe they're working on next next season's, you know, film schedule.
0: It's such a task. (laughs) Well, they're already. But you can tell they're already in the works for bringing everything together. Obviously, it seems like Dolores and William and the Man in Black are on a collision course. Yeah, which makes sense because they started, and I, I would assume at that point that Dolores is. She's already killed one guy. She's probably gonna be a little more badass the next time. Next time she runs into the Man in Black, she's got a cool new gun, that I don't know what the hell it does. But yeah, and, um, we,
1: and have, I don't know if you cut any of the sneak previews there, the commercials, the you know next week or this season on Westworld, they kind of give away a little bit.
0: So. Yeah. Do Do we want to talk about that during the podcast? <clears throat>
1: uh, I don't know. Do you?
0: <laughs> we can I don't know how much you know. Let's finish it, know, so let's finish I don't it really... that way. I watched it too. I watched it too. Oh, okay. There's one thing I wanted to talk about that was interesting. We we see that the, um, obviously Dolores figures something out with her arm, which is interesting. These are little glimpses. And then we have a really, at a table, Ford is talking to the man in black. Yeah. And the man in black pulls a a knife or something, and Teddy does like a ninja, no, and like slams (laughs) the knife. And just, that is really intriguing to me to maybe see that, Ford is ramping up Teddy, maybe a bodyguard, maybe the anti-man in black or something. He's the gunslinger right. of the of the West World. So it's interesting. There's a there's a lot going on there and we get I think Dolores gets new clothes maybe next episode. <laughs> so she goes shopping. She goes to the store. Macy's has a sale and <laughs> she gets a new pair of boots.
1: Well, the one the one image I remember seeing was and this was earlier on, but she's on a horse and she's shooting with two guns. You remember that?
0: Yeah, and that
1: was the outfit she was
0: wearing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like only what's it called? Annie Oakley? Is that her name? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting things going on. The show is just is just getting can't better wait, and can't better. wait. Absolutely, and uh, well, I wish I could. I wish I could binge watch it, but I can't. I know, I know. I wish I could. I, that's what I mean. And it's, and I just think the way they handle it and. I, think, I believe I said this last episode or that episode or before was that the way they're building out the story, it just, yeah. you get glimpses, you get a little more information, but not too much to keep the mystery alive, but to feed you enough so that you there's so satisfying. much going
1: on too, because this is, no I don't think the average person is going back and watching it twice and trying to dissect everything like we are. So, I mean, so they, they're successfully doing, I think, making the first watch... Uh, enjoyable for just like an average viewer that's just watching it to enjoy it and getting and you know they're looking forward to the next episode in the the next you know season I'm sure and and you could probably go back and watch this like maybe 10 years from now and pick up new things you know They're, they're definitely setting up the show to be that that
0: kind of show absolutely absolutely well let's let's leave it right there then and um hey I think this is our first podcast that's under a minute 15. I think we're at about a minute 10, man. So we did and it. Not,
1: you, mean, you mean an hour? Or an hour <laughs> 10, yes. An hour 10.
0: An hour and 10 minutes, yeah. So um, I just I want to thank anybody out there who's listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us at newcomerspodcast at gmail.com. And that's newcomers. Send us your questions. Questions, concerns, <laughs> tell us if we're right, wrong, way off base, dead on let us know how we're doing we're we're having a good time watching the show i don't know about you robert i'm having a great time doing this podcast it's a lot of fun for me and i really enjoy watching the show again and i i like how deep it's making me think it's making me analyze things that it's fun it's a really fun show so it's very
1: cool i would never done this with a show before
0: so I, i'm really enjoying it too all right well, let's leave it there robert thanks again man thank you all right everybody we'll see you next week bye